Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, November 22nd, 5.45 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. December corn futures up a quarter cent at 6.59 and three quarters. January soybeans down one and three quarters at 14.35. December Chicago wheat up one and three quarters at 8.01. December Kansas City wheat up one and three quarters at 9.36. December spring wheat down a quarter at 9.47 and three quarters. Pretty quiet here so far on Tuesday morning. If you guys are listening on the podcast, ratings and reviews, very much appreciated. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, drop me a comment. If you've got basis updates, crop updates, weather updates, any sort of opinion on anything that I say here, drop it in the comments. All of those things will really help YouTube to help me to grow this channel. Uh, appreciate it as always, guys. If you'd like some additional information from me, visit my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today, guys. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of. Charts, graphics, weather information, all of my grain marketing recommendations. Uh, My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. Yesterday, I was joined by my friend Shay Folk from AgView Solutions, and we did a uh, breakdown of 2023 corn and soybean budgets as it relates to farmers here in the United States. Fact of the matter is, these are going to be the most expensive corn and soybean crops anybody has ever planted in the spring of 2023. We did kind of a breakdown of the costs and talked about it as it relates to marketing also. This was a really great conversation, had a ton of of, uh, positive feedback on this one. If you guys are interested in this sort of content, sign up today. I'll send you over this video this morning. 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. I promise, guys, just a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Two of the largest U.S. rail workers unions released voting results yesterday. Smart TD, one of the largest U.S. rail unions, voted down a tentative agreement with management, which raises the likelihood of a national rail strike in early December. One union representative said this, It's now back to the bargaining table for our operating craft members. This can all be settled through negotiations and without a strike. The settlement would be in the best interests of the workers, the railroads, the shippers, and the American people. Now, another large union, the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen, did vote to ratify the deal, but they said it would honor the picket line along with other unions if a strike were to occur. So this is an all or none situation. You've got to get all of these 12 unions on board to agree to this deal in order to avoid a strike. If one of them strikes, they're all going to strike and they're all going to honor the picket line. So this is an ongoing and fluid situation. A rail strike, I believe, it's, it depends on which report you read and, and um, that sort of thing. It looks like it could begin as early as December 4th or 5th, maybe December 9th, but somewhere in that time frame. So still a big risk here. You know, I I doubt this happens. My guess would be you see uh, Congress or the White House intervene in some way, shape or form. But I mean, even the prospect of it could uh, result in basis issues, cash market issues, spread issues in the grain markets. I mean, a whole bunch of stuff. And if the strike is realized, it could just totally paralyze the supply chain, which would be really a bad deal uh, for just about everything. Yesterday's volatility in the energy markets was interesting and can be uh, attributed, I think, to back and forth OPEC rumors. So initially, crude oil prices fell sharply as the Wall Street Journal reported that OPEC Plus was considering a large output increase. 
The market rallied back at midday when OPEC said that they would stick with their cuts and could even take further measures to balance the oil market amid falling prices, implying like additional cuts almost. So a whole bunch of back and forth. Your nearby Jan 23 WTI crude contract traded a range of 75.27 up to 80 and a half. That's a range of $5.23 per barrel. Enormous trading range yesterday. The next OPEC meeting will be on December 4th. Now, in other oil news, you've got this whole price cap situation. The U.S. alongside Europe is set to implement this price cap on Russian crude oil beginning in early December. And this, I think, uh, presents potentially some additional Black Sea headline risk. Maybe when it comes to grains in the grain deal, I don't know. So the the U.S. and Europe, they want to cap Russian oil prices. So if you're buying uh, oil from Russia, they want to cap those prices to reduce Russian revenues. Russia says that it won't sell oil to nations that implement the cap. The U.S. says it will only provide insurance, banking, shipments uh, to countries who do follow the cap guidelines. So I don't know what Russia is going to do about this. I don't think they're thrilled about it. Um, this is, is again, I think presents some headline risk uh, down the road. Right? What if Russia's retaliation to this is, hey, we're out of the grain deal and we're not, and we're going to block shipments? You know, something along those lines. I still think that, you know, despite the fact that the grain deal headlines are all kind of bearish uh, for the moment, I mean, that thing could change on, on, at a moment's notice. I think really. Soybean planting in Brazil continues. Uh, well-followed private group AgRural estimated that the crop was 80% planted through last Thursday, a little bit behind last year. They were 86% same week last year. The country's first and smaller corn crop is 82% planted versus 91 last year. Uh, the group noted that recent rains did not bring relief to all dry areas of Brazil, but that the situation is not threatening to crops as long as rains fall during the next few weeks. And the uh, weather forecast looks pretty good. A lot of rains in the forecast for almost every uh, Brazil soybean growing area over the next two weeks or so. Uh, you know, the soybean market itself, you look at a bean chart and they've thrown a lot of bearish news at this thing. I mean, you've got a, a good looking Brazilian weather situation, all the potential in the world. You've got these COVID headlines out of China. Yet on the chart, you just got this kind of like sideways tightening wedge pattern, still well above 14 bucks. It's uh, actually pretty impressive to me, given the uh, headlines that are out there. The pace of U.S. corn shipments remains slow and poor. USDA reported that uh, 495,000 metric tons, uh, almost 20 million bushels of U.S. corn was inspected for export last week. That print was down 40% versus the same week last year. Accumulated corn shipments for the current marketing year are down 30% versus the same date last year. Now, USDA and their balance sheet projects that corn exports will decline by only 13% versus last year. So a lot of traders and analysts, you can throw me in here as well. I think USDA is probably overstating corn exports. It's just by it's just a question of, of by what margin. And that's a factor that could ultimately lead to a larger uh, U.S. corn carryout for this current marketing year. So uh, corn exports, not very good. U.S. corn harvest nearly complete. Crop was 96% harvested as of Sunday, up from 93 last week, 90 on average. Uh, you've only got, I think, three states that have not hit the 90% mark, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. USDA did not issue a soybean harvest number, implying that harvest is essentially complete. Uh, winter wheat conditions remain uh, very poor, only 32% good to excellent. That was unchanged on the week, but way below the 49% average. Uh, you've got a handful of states, again, that are 25% good to excellent or worse. Worse. And uh, it's no surprise here. Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Colorado, and Nebraska are your worst uh, states, and they've been plagued by drought for months and months and months. 
Winter wheat crop, 87% emerged nationally versus 81 last week, 86 on average. Remember, guys, December grain options expire on Friday. Make sure you take a look if you have any re remaining open positions. Uh, we will have a normal close in the grain markets uh, tomorrow on Wednesday. We're closed Thursday for Thanksgiving, and then we reopen Friday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, and then you got a short day Friday. We close at 12.15 Central. Uh, the cattle market was higher yesterday, and I think that was mostly on the heels of a friendly cattle on feed report. We'll see if we can find some follow-through here today. The outside markets, the U.S. dollar is marginally lower. Stocks are about flat. Gold's up 9 bucks. Crude oil now up $1.19 and the January WTI at 81.23. Have a great day, guys. I will talk to you same time tomorrow.